Hello, Virginia. And the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Jake Lang is a J6er who still hasn't gone to trial in a D.C. gulag because he dared question the illegitimate election of 2020. You can't say that our elections aren't free and fair or your ass will be in jail. But if you are a Democrat, then you have the privilege of any time you want to make jokes or make comments or, or even suggest that maybe someone wasn't duly elected. At least that is a privilege afforded to the fake president who did not win 2020, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Hello, Virginia. And the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. Different topic. Is election denying a joke now? What do you mean you have to say more than just make a random statement? Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre and her disgusting, condescending attitude. Peter Ducey of Fox News pushing back on Biden, joking that Terry McAuliffe might be the real winner of the contest over uh, the gubernatorial contest over in Virginia. And that perhaps maybe uh, Governor Youngkin isn't the duly elected governor of Virginia asking Corrine Jean-Pierre about it and she plays stupid. Okay, maybe she's not playing stupid. Maybe she actually is. Well, yeah, she actually is. But she's playing ignorant of the comment that Biden made. (laughs) Why did the president say, hello, Virginia, and the real governor, Terry McCall? He was making a joke about Terry. He was making a joke. joke. He was, I mean, if you play it back, it's clearly that the president was making a joke. What's the joke? He was making a joke about McAuliffe's previous term as governor. She says he's making a joke and Peter Ducey, what's the joke? I mean, what's funny about it? What's the ironic thing about it? That he was the former governor? No, it's obviously a joke about the real governor would be one who should be in office. Ergo, therefore, a stolen election. Even Even if that wasn't true, that would be the only real sense that would be made if you're trying to call this a joke. How are you guys going to convince people, though, uh, that this idea of denying election results is very bad if President Biden is going How out is and he? making jokes like okay. this? He did not deny. He did not deny it. Hello, Virginia. And the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. And he was making a joke. Do you have an update on the border negotiations? Ridiculous. But remember, Democrats from 2016, President Trump is not the legitimate president. Patriots, uh, anytime after November 2020, were criminals and deserve to be in a gulag. And they're still coming for us. Those of us who showed up in D.C. I wasn't there. Thank God, because he told me not to go. 
crazy, crazy times. All right, let me, uh, I want to follow up on our last report. It wasn't my intent necessarily to make this a two-parter, uh, but we talked about this Titus Warren and this uh, expose, this part one expose by James O'Keefe of what's going on in D.C. Now, I thought it was great. Uh, last night, I think it was last night, he had a, uh, or maybe it was the night before, he had a Twitter spaces to talk about this. And in the last 15 minutes, George Santos uh, got in on the uh, Twitter space and he said some very interesting things. On the line to react to the story, the video, uh, George Santos expelled New York Republican congressman says Capitol Hill is awash in debauchery and blackmail. Question, George, are you there? I'm here, James, and I'm sorry about being so late. Uh, flying to Dallas had some, uh, when we landed, we had some issues, but finally managed to make it. Sorry, it's the tail end of it, but uh, I don't think I need a lot of time to say what I have to say. What I can say um, is very simple, James. To the, to the extent of extortion in Capitol Hill, extortion is the currency. And here's, I'm going to tell you my story of extortion and blackmail in Capitol Hill. All right, when we're ready. I, all right, so I get elected November 8th. The New York Times article comes out about me on December 19th. And we're on Capitol Hill January 3rd to vote. I, at first glance, went to Washington, D.C. with no intention to vote for Kevin McCarthy for speaker. He had not helped me. I had been shafted by people within his orbit. This was a kind of a known secret, right? The moment I set foot in Washington, D.C., my phone calls and my everything starts ringing and everyone around me starts saying, you have to vote for Kevin or else they're not going to seat you. They were gunning for George Santos before he was even sworn in as a congressman. And they held this over his head, according to George Santos. Kevin McCarthy wouldn't even seat him as a duly elected congressman because of the expose that came out about him in December. Of course, all charges that still haven't been proved, right? I mean, he's admitted to some of them, but these are all charges and he they kicked him out of, of Congress. But they weren't even going to seat him because they knew that he was not going to support Kevin McCarthy and they strong-armed him into you better support and vote 15 times for Kevin McCarthy to be speaker or we're not even going to seat you as a duly elected member of Congress. Wow. And yes, there is precedent for that. I was forced at that point in time to vote for Kevin McCarthy 15 times because I was threatened to not be seated. And there's precedent to not seat a member of Congress, right? It's happened to a former New York Democrat uh, a couple of decades ago. There is precedent. I was told either you vote this way or you will not be seated. Now, the the leverage was not seating you as a member of Congress. There wasn't any sexy blackmail party business. You didn't. there was no there was no blackmail left to put out. Right. The New York Times had already done that. So now the next step up was we won't seat you. Now, obviously, he was seated. And what George Santos has to say about Kevin McCarthy actually kind of surprises me. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to be a hypocrite here and say that I didn't eventually grow fond and work well with the speaker. And quite frankly, while he was speaker, I didn't get expelled and I was afforded due process. The moment he was removed, I was not afforded due process. So, yeah, see, he played ball. 
got Kevin McCarthy in, and they were trying to condition George Santos, look, if you play ball with us, then we'll leave you alone. So he was in there, but the minute, of course, that they ousted Kevin McCarthy and had all the votes for the new Speaker of the House, that was the same time that the Ethics Committee, the GOP-led Ethics Committee, booted George Santos, even though he didn't, he was still, he didn't have his due process. And there's been a plethora of times where people have been under worse things than George Santos and were allowed to stay in. We're looking right now that we have Senator, now obviously this is the House of Representatives, but in the higher chamber of the Senate, we have Melendez who's still sitting there and he literally got paid money by Egyptians and is looking at huge trees and stuff. He's beat it one time. He thinks he can beat it again, but the Senate's just letting him go until he's proven guilty. What? Uh, it's amazing. Now, George Santos actually has 100% in the short time he was in there, conservative voting record. He kind of addresses that uh, a little bit later when he talks about the process that they use uh, to control the votes in Congress. Uh, if you're just joining us, you're listening to former Congressman George Santos reacting to the D.C. Swamp Part 1 blackmail tape featuring the young man talking about sex parties. They leverage votes against people. George, you mentioned something that the media kind of aired all of your dirty laundry. And, and, and I find that they don't do that with other members of Congress who have dirty laundry to the extent you do or different or worse. Why is that? I'll give you an example, James. Congressman Nick Lalota from New York's 1st District. I gave the media multiple leads on a lot of corruption and theft of public funds that are alleged against him. Nobody in the media, and I went from the Daily Beast to the New York Times and everything in between that spectrum. And the answer I always keep getting in return is we don't have the resources or time. Here's why, James. My case was not an investigation. They didn't have the resources. They were handed my vulnerability study by a disgruntled former consultant who was bitter I won and he was no longer part of the honeypot. So he said, fuck it, let's go ahead and blow it up. So he gave it to the New York Times. And when the New York Times decided not to publish the entirety of the actual document, they he went ahead and did it again and gave it to CBS in the guises of you have to publish it. So blackmail comes from the establishment, blackmail comes from consultants, blackmail comes from fellow members of Congresses that are chairs and committees. Well, it's let me get this straight, hold on. Dirty. They said, the New York, the news media said they don't have the time and resources to investigate and publish these things. Is that what they said to you? That's literally what I've been told by some of the most vitriolic journalists out there. Now, what's that the they don't real have reason? reason. That, that it turns out that many of these journalists are just operatives. They don't actually want to work to investigate a story. Think of all the different movies that we've seen over the years based on true stories and fiction stories where we're rooting for the reporter who's getting to the bottom of the story, whether it's a funny movie like Fletch, one of my admittedly favorite 80s movies, very dated, but... You know, Fletch is on the job. He's the reporter. He's going to get to the bottom of this drug scandal at Santa Monica Beach or whatever it is. And then you think of um, what's the one that won an award based on the guys uh, and gals in Boston. It was the Boston Globe. Uh, Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah. Then you think of Spotlight, right? How they went and uh, the whole child molestation 
uh, scandal over in the uh, the archdiocese over there in Boston. So you, you think, oh yeah, we're rooting for these guys and gals that are trying to break down the story of the scandal and save the children and 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 and, and fight for for morality and for truth and justice in the American way. You're thinking of Lois Lane and Clark Kent on the story, but sometimes just laziness. They're just waiting to be fed a story. Actually, let's go back to a part I didn't show you from in yesterday's episode of James O'Keefe's conversation about how we even got the story of the uh, the Senate uh, gay sex scandal and how that actually, was, uh, according to this uh, Titus character, was uh, actually happened a long time ago. It's just that it was decided by the powers that be to leak it to the press at the time that they did. A Senate staffer was busted in December in a viral video having hardcore gay sex in a Senate hearing room. The staffer was 24-year-old Aidan Maiz Sarovsky and was promptly fired by Maryland Senator Ben Cardin. According to Titus, this is the norm and there was blackmail involved. Well, it was right before we, they all went on Christmas break. The video that came out was the guy in the Senate office building in the hearing room. I forgot this one. Came out in the Senate hearing room. Okay. Oh, oh yes, I, I saw that. Okay. Yeah. That actually did not happen the day it came out. That happened way back when. That happened really? in the summer. So, this journalist... The no. journalist got mad at the staff that they wouldn't talk anymore. And so he linked it to another journalist so they can publish it. And then the guy was blackmailed technically by it because he didn't know they were publishing it. He was blackmailed? Pretty much. Whoa. That's why in his post he said, I'm taking all the legal options that I can because he actually had the time. But to figure out who actually did it, it's going to be kind of challenging. Oh. For him on his path, but hey. But, uh... I thought that was interesting. So let's go back to uh, George Santos. But this Titus guy says that, hey, they, they had this story, but they leaked it. One journalist leaked it to another journalist, so it wouldn't be, it would. So the original journalist that had the story, I mean, think about it. If you work hard on the story, you want to have it. But according to this, uh, this young man, Titus, he, uh, the one journalist leaked it to another journalist as part of a blackmail. And that is why it was published at the time it was because this little uh, gay sex uh, tape was actually made. But that happened in December, right? So it happened six months previously, maybe. It happened in the summer of 23, not in the winter of 23 when they broke the story. Anyway, let's go back to George Santos. That doesn't make any sense if it's true. Well, there's to, I, I have a theory. Okay, what's your theory? The theory is there's a select group of members of Congress in Washington, D.C. that are not to be touched because those are the yes men to leadership. They will never buck leadership. They will never vote against leadership in any real uh, 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 way that would really hurt them. Like George, I can you up. can you name any names? I'm, everyone's asking for names. I've all of this. this even this guy in this tape Just, said. Just, take just, it to the look, grave. just look at the names. It's it's just look at the voting records. You'll never see dirt on the entire New York delegation of vulnerables from Nick LaLota to Mike Lawler to Anthony D'Esposito, Brandon Williams. I mean, uh, uh, Mark Molinaro and Mark Molinaro is a great subject here. The man's been in public service and an elected official since he's 18. Since he was 18. I don't know if he's one of them, but you'll notice a lot of these young people were 
the, the, the deep state had their eyes on them? Was it the WEF and the CFR and some of these uh, globalist groups have their young leaders? Now, I like what Vivek Ramaswamy is saying, but why was he on that list? I don't 100% trust Vivek Ramaswamy. He says the right things. I know Trump has them out there. Of course, Trump is going to use them uh, to get people to vote for him and, 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 and nail the primaries. But all these people who from very young, the, 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 the globalists have their eyes on them. They lift them up uh, to power. Remember, the real people with power like to be the kingmakers. They like to be the ones in the shadow and control everything without having their name out there. Imagine you are so powerful that you control everything, but no one knows who you are. There is actual power in being anonymous. And they know there's a whole bunch of people that want to be in politics and want to be powerful. Remember, they control these people with three things. They control them with money, they control them with power, and they control them by letting them uh, commit their crimes with impunity because they cover for them. So whether they're pedophiles, drug addicts, or whatever other vice they may have, that's fine. You're in power. The Capitol Police not going to do anything. None of the police are going to do anything. You can do your thing. Just vote like we tell you to vote. And you can rape all the kids you want. You can have all the gay sex orgies in the cages and in the Senate and congressional uh, hearing rooms that you want to. Just do what you're told because you are a whore and a puppet to the real people in power, the ones pulling the strings. From Nick LaLota to Mike Lawler to Anthony D'Esposito, Brandon Williams, I mean, uh, uh, Mark Molinaro. Yeah, George Santos named some names from New York because that's where he's from and he has inside information. Remember, George Santos wasn't there very long, but he was there long enough to find out that the swamp in New York, the representatives from that state, are untouchable because they are yes men and do what they are told. Imagine how much more George Santos could... could, Now, he's writing a book, and I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to read it cover to cover. Imagine how much more dirt he would have had he been in there uh, a lot longer. Very interesting indeed. But this this is his theory. This is his theory. It's not just about sex... You know, because he wasn't uh, invited, to, well, he, he didn't participate in those, but it's about control. And that control leads to telling our representatives how to vote. Not what we want. They don't come and check with us, their constituents. They're told how to vote. Have you been, hey, hey, George, have you been invited to any uh, sex parties while you were a member of Congress? I, I was not invited to sex parties, but members of my staff. This is one of the first things I was told when I got elected and I was with my staff. One staffer comes up to me and says, sir, you just got to be careful to not give your key to see, to junior staffers and to interns because there's sex parties and orgies that take place in the offices, in the office building on the weekends at, and at late nights. So does anyone believe their crocodile tears? Oh, no, these people came into our hallowed and holy and sacred place of the Capitol on January 6th, and they desecrated this holy sancti- uh, th- this holy place of law and legislation, knowing that on the weekends and at nights, there's gay sex orgies and other sick things going on. Once again, this confirms why I never am going to seek national office 
to try to be in the legislation and how I'll probably just, except for the Smithsonian, probably just avoid going anywhere near DC the rest of my life. There is such an evil spirit, aura, energy, vibration, spirit, whatever you want to call it, coming from DC. I've, I've felt it my entire adult life since I've been there as an adult. I used to do a lot of business in DC and have found myself there several times and have never liked it. Then again, my my eyes have been open since before 19 about the crooks and criminals in DC. And now that they don't even like me, they, they know who I am. You know me as James Black, sort of patriot. But they know, oh, this is James, da 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 born da 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 here. He says this, I have a follow of uh, the, the, the FBI, the CIA, the uh, everyone has a, a, a file on me. I don't even want to be anywhere near D.C. and go into the Capitol. I don't know. It just seems icky. I know they have, you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that the uh, the custodial staff has stories to tell. Sick. Absolutely disgusting. Cringy even. You might slip on something. You might get hepatitis if you rub up against the wrong thing over uh, in the Capitol. That's absolutely disgusting. I what about, looked at everything. What like, about voting? The telling group chats telling you who to vote for. Is that leverage, if the staff is, is engaged in the sex parties, does that leverage translate to the members the staff works for? These are not co- members of Congress, but their staff. Absolutely. Uh, Let me put it this way. In Congress, very few members actually vote with their knowledge. They rely solely and squarely on their staff recommendations. If you pay attention to when we're on the floor voting, a lot of members have a piece of paper or a binder or something. They're looking at it before they vote. That's what their staff recommendations are. And a lot of time, I would get staff recommendations like everyone else. It's their job. My 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 legislative director would issue them. I, and we would laugh about it because I would vote almost 100% contrarian uh, in certain, especially in certain votes uh, than the staff recommendations. He would vote the exact opposite. So here's a Republican and his people are telling him to vote one way and he's voting the exact opposite. And here's a reminder. Representative George Santos per Heritage Foundation has a 100% session score. He only had one session and 100% lifetime score. The average House Republican has less than an 80% per heritage. Top guy George Santos was and was being told to vote the exact opposite of what he did, which means that had he voted most of the time, like they told him, he would be nowhere near having a great conservative record as a Republican. Now, it's interesting that we know lots and bits and pieces of this, but it's nice to have someone that was in the middle of this swamp putting it all together for us. Thank you, George Santos. Hurry up with that book. Right, because tell us, tell us the why. I mean, so the staffer was the staffers were engaged in these sort of sexual orgies. We've heard drugs, alcohol, Um, and the and the and the members of Congress did did they did they know that that was occurring? Because that's bad. They're bad bosses if they let that stuff happen under their employees. Here's the deal. It's my understanding that it's an open secret. Members pretend to not see what's in front of them in lieu of not 
literally having to empty and terminate an entire office. I mean, if you were to fire on Capitol Hill today based on sexual conduct on Capitol Hill within the halls of Congress, you would probably vacate that building. If you had to, okay, George Santos is a gay man. Just, let's put that in perspective. A gay man and gay men are statistically the most promiscuous of men. And he's saying that if you were to vacate the Capitol, people working the Capitol based on improper sexual activity, you would be left with no one essentially. And that's can you not name an any other? Can you name any other names? Uh, did you see anything that actually bothered you? Did you witness this? Did you? Did you? Did you? They can't get I, to I, you anymore. I, so, so just tell us the truth. I've never witnessed any sexual encounter on Capitol Hill myself, so I can't speak in first person. I have a staffer who we have this thing in the basement. And I was the first one to bring attention to the cages. Nobody talks about the cages. And I know that the name, it's almost like a pun, right? But the cages cages are essentially, yes, the cages are storage units in the basement of of each house office building. In my case, the Longworth house office building is where my cage was. Now, George Santos says that he was one of the first ones to disclose the existence of these cages. And I found that to be very interesting. So uh, we went and looked at this. Uh, over on Twitter in December, on December 16th, Brian Metzger, senior politics reporter for Business Insider, in response to the story about this, uh, this staffer having sex in, in the Senate hearing floor, said, I'm enjoying the people from outside D.C. referring to it as the Senate hearing room as if there's just one or even the Senate floor. Because, of course, there's multiple meeting rooms and hearing rooms and what have you. And then, uh, in reply to that, the next day, George Santos uh, tweets out, You seem too confident here. Should we be looking for some videos from you in the cages? You know what happens in the cages? Don't stay there, right? Laugh out loud. (laughs) So that's what uh, George Santos was referring to, that he had disclosed the existence of the cages. Uh, looks like uh, maybe he put Brian Metzger, a congressional reporter for Business Insider, uh, on blast there. George Santos, when he knows the names, doesn't seem too shy of getting those names out, except for one of his staffers who worked for him because he doesn't want to make it tough for him to get a job. But besides that, that's the only person he seems like he wants to protect. Interesting, Brian, if you listen to my show. That it was you that he chose to reply to on Twitter to talk about these cages and being on video in those cages. My One of my staffers, I can't say staff names because it kind of docks them, puts them in a bad light. They're all out there this trying to get jobs. This is where you and I might disagree, I might, but I'm not going to get you to do that. I, but I'll say this to. to you, James. I'm comfortable in giving you the staffer's name and letting you go to work on that on a private channel, but I don't know that it's appropriate for me to throw my staff. I mean, my opinion is all of Congress and their staff needs to be fired and whoever gets hired, they need to be fired too, but you're not willing to name the names. Um, People want you to name the names. 
It's, What's it's, that? It's, it's, it's one staffer who would tell me all this because he was plugged in. He had, you know what? He had, it's not hard to figure out. I won't say the name, but I'll let you well, all. Tell, tell us about people. the cages. Tell us the, about, well, finish the story the about the The staffer had worked for Madison Cawthorn and then subsequently also worked for me. So it's not hard to know who the staffer is if you're plugged in with all of this stuff. See, this is a way of controlling people, but it's also a way of bringing in the type of people that want to be controlled. People know that if they get a job or they become an intern in DC, that they're going to be able to have gay sex, partner swapping, whether they're single or married, they're going to be able to, 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 to have all these things that they're in DC and they're fine with that. DC calls people to be interns and staffers that want to live a sexual deviant life. Now look, I'm old-fashioned, moral Christian, okay? No premarital sex. You have fidelity in marriage. You have your spouse, and that is who you are sexually exclusive to. And it's a great life. I've lived it for 27 years, happily married. And I know it's weird to say this because you don't hear this, but I was a virgin when I got married. And these people, they don't want to live that lifestyle. They want to live a lifestyle of multiple sex partners. And then the power and the, the whole, um, I guess, the taboo of having sex in some secret place in the capital. People are drawn to that power and that secretiveness. It's so disgusting and so demonic. I feel dirty just reporting it to you. But it's important that I report it so that we know. I have a, a, a moral quandary here because sometimes I'm like, should I even talk about this stuff? And yes, we must bring these things to light so we understand that when we're voting, oh, just there's an R next to it. It's uh, Yeah, they're representatives of Satan. It doesn't mean Republican. It probably means Rhino. And it probably means Ramera, which means prostitute or whore in Spanish. That is what we're dealing with. That is why I'm reporting on this. I'm telling you, I feel icky, but this information must be known by good moral people so we can change it. And then I feel like a hypocrite because I'm like, you know what? This is why I should go to DC to displace a person in DC as a representative of citizens they would, that they would otherwise be stuck with one of these deviants, but maybe I could go there. But I'm telling you, I would die of a heart attack just from being from that evil spirit that's in D.C. I personally can't do it. I am not strong enough. Not that I'm not strong enough that I would fall into it. I just would be so repulsed by the whole thing. I'm telling you, I can't even step into D.C. Just the, just the energy of it is just so overwhelmingly evil. I don't want to have any part of it. Anyway, that's my two cents. And uh, didn't mean to get that personal with you folks. But hey, that's why you guys like the show, right? Some of you do, some of you don't. Can't make everyone happy all the time. But this is my show. And sometimes I get uh, f uh, f fancy, free, and loose. And maybe give you a little bit TMI. But they are controlling these people at every level from intern to staffers. The fact that this, I mean, looks like, I can't believe this intern didn't even know who, who, um, James O'Keefe was because he's just James O'Keefe that's doing this this hidden camera and this and, and this hidden recorded phone call thing with this uh, with this Titus Warren young man who I don't know it seems like it would they maybe they met up on a a gay hookup site because I'm 
I think it's pretty obvious. You watch the video. I mean, he's touching him and they're going handbag shopping. Not something that two usual hetero guys will do when uh, when they when they go out. I don't think I've ever or any of my hetero friends have gone to go shopping for uh, Louis Vuitton bags as part of a date. And he is very loose with the tongue. Very loose with the tongue, this young man. In, uh, that's, I guess I'm thinking in Spanish. Just free-flowing the information with very little filter. He, he seems to be an open book about what's going on in D.C. Actually, before we get back to George Santos, since we're at this part here where uh, George Santos is talking about how he doesn't want to out his uh, staffer, let me play you one part uh, from this uh, insider, uh, Titus Warren. A phone call that he had with James O'Keefe and he got some information about these sex parties and even like George Santos doesn't want to out his staffer because he doesn't want him to not be able to get a job. And Titus Warren talks about how he heard this stuff from someone, but he is not ever going to ever in this lifetime disclose that name. On a call, Titus dove into more detail on the sex parties. He told us if he were to name the person, it would put them in grave jeopardy, and he would take that information to the grave. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll tell you what I heard, but I won't tell you who I heard it from because I'm not putting the person in jeopardy. But what I did hear is a lot of a lot of um, people, you know, get brought like couples to come in and. Um, the couples will start making out with other couples and men and men and women and women and it's a whole big ordeal. Um, they do tell you what you do here. That it's couples and couples, women and women and men and men. But who told me that? I will not say. Mm-hmm. Will not say. That won't go to the grave with me. I am new. Absolutely not. Done. No. Go to the grave. Yeah, I'm a doubt with that secret. Interesting. There's lives are put in jeopardy for just naming names. That's a level of control. All right, let's wrap up with what George Santos had to reveal about uh, two things. The last thing he had to say about the cages and how that's a problem. And the second thing, I really like James O'Keefe is a problem solver and he wants to expose things. He wants to know who it is that needs to be targeted to get more information and make a change in all of this in DC. Um, as far as the cages go, the first thing he tells me is like, sir, the cages are a problem because member staff are going down there to have sex. And then he literally was invited by some random person he was talking to on a hookup app or whatever, if they wanted to hook up in the cages. And he was just like, absolutely not. Right. So he even told me he had the decency to tell me this is literally how common it is that I was solicited to go have a hookup in the cages. And I brought that up to the House Sergeant at Arms and the House Admin Committee, which is chaired by... um, What's his name? Brian Style from Wisconsin. And I said, I think we need to install cameras in the cages because it's becoming a fucking uh, orgy hotspot. And this is a massive liability. And what I was met with was uh, it's not a pressing matter or a, a large issue. Uh, and it doesn't warrant the, the resources. I guess it would be too expensive. And in short words, it would be too expensive to put cameras there. 
to monitor the the behavior. So they just kind of dismissed it. Billions, billions for Ukraine. Billions for the welcome wagon of illegal aliens coming from our southern border illegally. No money to protect our capital. That is so sanctified. You, you would think it was the tabernacle of the Old Testament. You would think it was uh, the Temple of Jerusalem when it came to January 6th. But there's no money to record and to, and to enforce no hanky-panky. Is it really too much to ask that they don't have sex orgies in the Capitol on weekends and late at night? I mean, is that really asking too much to maybe kind of curb that activity? There's no money for that. Of course, there's money for that. They don't want to stop the activity because that's one of the perks of being in D.C. And you don't take the perks away. Hmm. Uh, you you pretty much gave us the name. I will find it. This is the individual who works for both Madison and you. Um, how, how, George, uh, we only got a couple minutes left. Thank you for, for, for joining us uh, here. How do we get to the bottom of this? Like we, we got this one guy to, to sing like a bird. This is a kid who's now been invited to work for the White House CHIPS program. He worked for Republicans, um, and, and he's sort of saying he's a secret Democrat, loves Nancy Pelosi. This is in the video we just released. How do we get to the bottom of this story to expose more blackmail in D.C.? Look, it's simple. All you need to do is find the staffers who hold the keys to the votes in Washington, D.C., and, and if you can get them to sing, it's usually you're looking at your legislative directors. Uh, so that is the real big key. Those are the real power holders in Washington, D.C. It's the chief of staffs and the legislative directors who are literally in bed with everyone and everything around them. And they're the ones wielding power and making voting recommendations to their members. So if, if there's anybody you guys should be ta tapping into is trying to get a hold of as many legislative directors as humanly possible, especially active ones with with um, with um, uh, uh, members who are chairs of committees. Those are the ones who kind of send out the marching orders and kind of put the in a in a crude way, I'd say it this way. They're the ones who put the the the, the bounty out for what's the cost of a vote or whatever. And everyone knows what the costs and consequences are. So they kind of fall in line and try to make their members fall in line so they don't have any consequences. All right. Thank you, George, for joining us. I appreciate that. Appreciate you, James. All right. So the legislative directors. Now, if you're a legislative director, you probably don't want to be saying things to people you don't know. But then again, I don't drink alcohol. But I understand that when you drink alcohol and you're in these parties or maybe you're at an orgy or a pillow talk or whatever, you might let uh, a little bit more information out. So if there's any legislative directors out there, you may want to be careful. And I don't feel bad about giving you a heads up because if you're one of those people, there's a slim chance to none that you're listening to James, the black conservative patriot. Thanks for being here, folks. I'll probably uh, cover part two of this because James O'Keefe says that uh, the person that he has next or another person he's infiltrated is not just a, an intern, but someone in the Biden administration. That's going to be juicy. Thanks for being here until the next one. Ciao. Goodbye. God bless. Oh, yes. And today I scheduled 
Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. He's going to be on the show. It's going to be later next month, but we're looking forward to having him. And I have some other guests that we'll have in the next several weeks as well on the show. Thanks for your support. Have a great weekend. Ciao, goodbye. God bless. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.